This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show, I had the opportunity and the good fortune to bring you some really incredible people on Positive Talk Radio. And today is no exception at all. We have a world traveler, somebody that has been through the uh, trials and tribulations of life, has come out the other side, and is doing some really extraordinary work. And we're going to be talking with uh, Rodolfo D'Angeli in just a couple of moments. But first, I got to talk to Eric. How are you, Eric? Hey, my friend, I'm doing fine. How are you, sir? I'm doing awesomely well. It's a Monday, and I hope everybody's having a really, 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 really good day. And it's it's fun. But I wanted to thank you because I mentioned on when we were together on Wednesday, I was going to bring this up. And so I've got to do it real quick. And that <laughs> and that is that uh, 20 years ago, I interviewed a guy. Something uh, like that. <laughs> something like that. And it was either a woman or a man. I can't remember which that uh, it was right near the end of the run of the show. Yeah. And um, they brought a game board in apparently and um you saved it and then the show ended and you had no way to get a hold of me so it went into a closet for 20 years <laughs> that's right that's right and i can't believe you guys held it that long well you know i i it was it's a very nice board game it's all handcrafted uh wood um and i thought oh this is really cool kevin's going to like this um, and I just thought, well, I'm going to bump into you again eventually. And then sure <laughs> enough, I didn't know it would take this long, but, uh, I'm glad it is, uh, now with its rightful owner. Well, and it's called dread pirate. Yes. And I did some research on it and it is, uh, out of, out of print now. And the actual board game that I have was one of the originals and it was very expensive. And, uh, so they stopped doing that because it costs too much and then they went to a cheaper one but then uh, subsequently over the last 20 years as will happen with a lot of games and stuff but i really honestly believe eric that that game is going to come and play a part in my life in some point otherwise you wouldn't have kept it in your closet for 20 years well if you're playing it then it's definitely going to play a part in your life (laughs) (laughs) exactly or i'm going to uh maybe give it away to somebody or or we'll do something remarkable with it um, because it, it really is, and it's top-notch. It's, it yeah. really is a cool... Well, I was uh, thinking next time you're together with your sons, you might uh, might break it out. I might have to do that. I yeah. might have to do that along with a little a little adult beverage, perhaps. Hey, there you go. Yeah, they're full-grown we'll now. Have, absolutely, but we'll have to see. By the way, our guest today, he is originally from Europe. He uh, spent seven years in Australia. He lives there today. He... Um, had a, a tough upbringing in life and all the way to becoming a, uh, uh, having a seven figure, um, construction company, which we're going to talk about. And then he became a spiritual adventurer and we're going to talk about all of that. It really is a cool story. And he is now affecting thousands of people worldwide with the work he's doing. So he's very, he's, he's a pretty important, pretty important dude. If I do say so myself. So, um, <laughs> I really, I'm really pleased to have him here, and uh, his name is Rodolfo D'Angeli. 
That's the one. That's the one. Let me just check if you're talking about me, because you know when you when you introduce me, like that, it's like who is he talking about? You know. Uh, yeah, Kevin, it's it's such an honor to be here, man. It's such an honor to be here. So thank you so much for allowing me, um, you know, to spend the time with you, and I'm humble. So yeah. Well, I want I want to preface it like this because all of us face times in our life which are less than admirable, less than times that we would like to have. And there's a way that some of us um, delve into that and just and just keep it and, and just never recover from it. But there are others of us that are able to get through it and by virtue of that, be able to, to take it and take a passion from it and to do extraordinary things. You fall into that second camp. Um, and I know you're, you were in foster care for a little while. Uh, you were with your parents later on. You had some physical abuse that went on. And you, you, your early years were not, were not puppy dogs in sunshine. Um, but there came a point in your life when you were willing and able to turn it around and say, this isn't who, this isn't going to define me. This isn't who I am. This isn't who I really am. And you went about, and tell me if I'm wrong in any of this, you went about finding out who you really are and then taking that and helping other people that are on the same quest. Am I close? Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty close. I mean, um, I was in foster care for 11 years. Um, you know, it, it, I, I grew up without an identity. So for me, the, 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 the turning point, I guess, when I, became, when I was 41 years old and I was looking at a rope in my garage to end my life, it was that moment where, you know, I, I, I heard that voice saying there has to be more to life than misery. I believe the, the, I'm not any special, right? I'm not, I'm not this special guy that, that was able to turn everything around and many can't. What I did is I made a decision. A decision that I took me 41 years to make, right? I, I have to do something. There, there has to be something more than misery, right? And, and, and I believe that that is the only thing you need to do. That decision to say, you know what? This ain't me. This, this ha might have been me till today for whatever reason, but it's not going to be me from today on. Okay, that is when everything changed. Obviously, it didn't happen overnight. There was a big journey, you know, me, you know, tr trying many different things. Some worked, some didn't, but then definitely finding the missing link that then got me to be on the path that I am on now, which is only 13 years long, you know. I mean, I'm 54 this year, but my transformation, my journey, if I wish, the hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell used to, you know, refer about it, is only 13 years long. And it started with a decision. So, you know, I think that's the, the crucial point of making anything different than what it is, is deciding to make it so. I wanted to highlight that because I also had the same thoughts now now my upbringing was not nearly as horrific as yours or as difficult 
but I also at about the same age and tell me in the work that you're doing now, if there are lots and lots of people that are getting to a certain age and it could be in their thirties, could be in their forties, fifties, sixties, doesn't matter. But they get to a point where they say, is this all there is? And why am I really here? And I'm not satisfied with how it's been. I'm not satisfied with who I am. How can I change this to a different path, to a different way? Are you finding that that's kind of a general theme that runs through all of us? Oh, man, I I believe you're spot on on that. Midlife, you know, we talk, you know, we hear that word, midlife crisis, right? I... I don't know if it's a midlife crisis. I more believe it's a loss of identity, right? Because of various things. Might that be upbringing, might that be culture, might that be relationships, might that be, you know, beliefs that we had to, you know, believe is true in an early stage of our life, but perhaps we had to, or we have to now challenge if they are really true or not. Perhaps something happened you know, my, my wife had a loss of identity when she was, you know, diagnosed with cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer. She was working in the family business, but she lost her identity because she became me, right? She became me at work with in construction. So a woman in construction, a lot of masculine energy, a lot of, ma- it's a masculine world, right? So she lost her identity, but it also brought forward that she already had lost that identity prior through abuse through her father. So I believe more than a crisis and a midlife crisis, okay, let me go and get a new Harley or a, or a convertible. It's more of a loss of identity. And I believe that from 40 onwards, 38, 40 onwards, I have clients that range from 35 to 64 at the moment. That become that come to a point in their life and say, "Who am I? What am I actually doing? What what am I here to do?" And I believe that is more so in later in stage in life because the ticking sound of life is getting louder and louder. Right? When we are 20, 25, 30, we believe life will never end, but eventually we come to a stage in our life where we have where we question the morning when we wake up. Where am I going again? What am I doing really? Who am I? Am I ever doing anything that is me? Am am I authentic to who I am? Or am I just another copy that society or upbringing, blueprints, family, culture, whatever it all is imposed on me, right? So that reconnection to the self, and I know it it might sound like a little bit of woo-woo kind of thing, but it's true. It's it's the momentum that we reconnect with home and get out of the office. Okay, we structure our life through offices. And and when my journey started, when I aborted my mission to kill myself in 2010, you know, I I endeavored on a on a path of I tried psychologists and psychiatrists and and medication and whatever. Nothing actually did. And that's my thing. Nothing worked for me. So I embarked on a more coaching approach, which I believe it's great. Yet, yet it did help me only on the outer journey. I believe we are on two journeys in our life. The outer journey, where are we going, right? What are we wanting to achieve? But a more important journey of an inner journey. Who am I? Or who do I need to become to be able to achieve the goal, the dream, whatever that might 
be so that it doesn't serve me to fill a void because that's what most people do. They want to achieve the next thing so they can feel that feeling that they're craving so much for a split second, 10 minutes, an hour, a week maybe, depending on the magnitude of the goal. But eventually that feeling goes. So the goal becomes a way to fill the void that people have within. I was one of them, right? I, I grew my business to seven figures, 40 people employed. I'm like, whoa, I'm driving three, $300,000 cars. I'm like, dude, I, I'm, I went from depressed to freaking, look at me, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I got this, right? Where about a year and a half later, I was more depressed and anxious than I was ever being in my life. Why? Because I embarked on a journey, I embarked on an outer journey that I believe that's going to fix my problem. The thing is, the outer journey is important, but even more so, we got to reconnect to who we are. Who am I? And so for me, I re remember call calling my coach and say, hey, I'm going backwards really, really quick. you got to help me here because all of the money, I have the money, I have the fame, I have everything. I got the house, got the car. Yet, um, hey, I'm, I'm going backwards really, really quick. I started to self-sabotage my business, self-sabotage relationships. Uh, you know, I was, I was drowning and still not knowing who am I. Now I realize, oh, I'm not the business. Oh, I'm not the money. I am not the car. So who am I now, right? And so that is when through, man, divide timing, I guess, um, I found an ancient practice in South America, in the Andes of South America, in the end jungle of South America, where I found an incredible shaman or two, an uh, incredible shaman that, you know, I, I was allowed to go there and heal. And it was a tough journey, brother. He was all ego. The dissembling of my ego that was, you know, so inflated, but also so fearful. I was that scared little boy that still was looking for his mom that left him behind. I was still the little boy that, you know, my the cousin took advantage of while looking at my parents in his house and him telling me, see, you are just, you are just literally 600 meters away from them and they can do nothing for you. You know, I was still that little boy that believed I will never become a man because, hey, I wasn't even able to defend myself against all of this, how will I ever be a man and how will I ever be able to take care of a woman? Where eventually I had to realize I, had, I didn't stand a chance. I had to forgive myself for that, right? It's the moment we, the reconnection to the self is the moment we, we really accept who we are and whatever happened. It's like me, I always say to my clients, if I give you two flowers, I give you a red one and a white one. Which one would you choose or which one would you like to receive? And they usually say the color they, they might prefer, red or white. And I say, cool, if you gave you the other one, what would happen there? And they say, well, it'd be still nice, but, you know, kind of disappointing. Awesome. What about if you can see the flower, not the color? What if you can see the flower? What if you can see the essence? And that's what I talk about about ourselves. The moment we can see the essence, not the exterior, not the story, not the, not the past, not the people, but the essence. And that goes for any, anyone around us. Imagine we can see the essence of the person rather than what we receive and perceive 
and create suffering, right? So the moment I reconnected with that part of me, all of a sudden my business thrived to a completely different level, but it wasn't there to replenish my void. It was just a reflection of me now. My stuff changed. Everything changed. The dynamic of me showing up changed because now I didn't want to be seen. I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to bring something rather than get to places and act in a certain way to receive what I needed. Right? And that is a vicious circle that all of a sudden we're just trapped. We constantly, you know, play a role. Who do I need to be to my wife? to my husband, to my friends, to my kids? Who do I need to be so they will see me the way I need to be seen so I can replenish the void? Right? That, that is a hard job. I did that for 40 plus years, right? And, and, and I know many do. The moment we accept ourselves, the moment we say, you know what, I am full of shit and I know it, but you know what, I also have a lot of gifts. Oh, but just 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 so you know, by the way, we're not allowed to say that on the radio. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. So Sorry that, about that. That's, that's yeah. all right. It's one of those seven deadly words that you can't say on the radio. That's oh, right. Eric Eric has a uh, seven second delay, so we got rid of that. In, in any yeah. event, but I wanted first of all, I wanted to say this. Thank you for not following through on your impulse to end your life. Thank you for that, because your life is very important, and as all of ours are. Absolutely. And but I wanted to ask you, what was it like? Because when you were when you were young and you were striving and you were trying to make things work and things weren't working out all that well, and then suddenly you did this business and you were um, um, got it to seven figures. You had forty people working for you, and you thought must have thought at one point, "Gosh, this is it! I made it." Now I'm really cool and I've made it. And then you realize that that wasn't who you really were. Yeah. And so you, so you went back to, uh, um, and, and strive to learn to be who you really are. And I know that that was a long process and we can, in the second half, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, um, South America and what you did there, but, but more importantly, um, you, you really are working to make a, um, a difference in the world. One of which is I wanted to ask you about this uh, going forward. And that is there's a charity that you work with that you provide uh, some money to that, that works with children. And uh, tell us about that. How does it does, how does it work with children? Yeah. So South America is quite funny. You know, the indigenous people are not really seen as, you know, part of the community. And so they, they do get pushed out a little bit. And so what we try to do is to support that part of the culture, because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that has impacted my life tremendously, you know, not only working with, with my teachers over there now, but also being able to, you know, see the culture, see those indigenous people, the way they are connected to not just nature, but also the elders and the respect and all of that. And I got to tell you the honest truth. When Grace was, Grace, my wife, when she was diagnosed with cancer, and yes, we did a lot of work because then then I was put to the place of saying, okay, I am talking about all this stuff. I am doing this stuff with me and it worked for me. But is this something that can work for others? And the first person I actually tried all this with is my wife. 
when she was diagnosed with cancer. Yet I was humble enough to know my limits, which is very important. And we traveled to, to South America with her and, you know, the communities just embraced her as she was, you know, as we were part of the family. And so what we do today, and we had a bit of a gap when we lost our business. Eventually, we lost that in 2018 through a venture that we went in with, uh, I guess, a, a person who, who I should have seen through a little bit earlier. But anyway, they went down and took us down with them. And um, so we had a bit of a gap of how much we could help. But, you know, what we are trying to do is to um, help them with schools and, 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 and clothing and all of that for those kids that, you know, often are not allowed to go to, to the normal schools. And so what we try to do is to get some of the community to go to school to learn to become a teacher and then teach their own community, um, you know, everything they need to know. So that's, that's a beautiful part of the journey we are on. Um, and it really brings a lot of uh, a lot of love to our heart because we do see the value of ancient ways and and simple ways yet uh, very powerful ways. So um, yeah, that's what we do. That is that is uh, one of the amazing things that we can uh, we can get to to do, which we we never thought we would ever. Uh, only only just 10, 10 years ago, actually. No, I've I've never been to Peru. I've never been to South America, actually. Um, are some of these indigenous cultures, um, because you, you talk in you know, on your website. By the way, if you want to go to Rodolfo's website, you can do that. Rodolfo D'Angeli, and it, it's A-N-G-E-L-I.com. He's got a ton of information there. He's got a great blog that is right up our alley and does and talks about some great stuff. He's got a program called life mastery or life artist mastery. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute, but I wanted to ask you in the cultures of South America, the indigenous cultures, I understand that they, some of them go back thousands of years. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So the, the culture that we work with, or the, couple of tribes that we work with they they go back they don't even know like i met two of the elders they were in the 80s 90 years old um but the stories and the the, the practices they are super super ancient you know we work with some of the medicine out of brazil um those those uh, those um, cultures or indigenous people they still live in the jungle you know remote 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 five Five and a five and a half days out of a city on a boat through the Amazon jungle. So you know the, the, those people still are out there. And once you're allowed to go into the land, because obviously you have you have to have a connection to them and stuff like that. But you know it's it's like a completely different world. You know, obviously they you know it's, it's not that they don't have anything. You know, we got to keep it honest. They do have a phone. They do have things, clothing, and so on. Because obviously, you know, they go in and out and get your supplies and whatever. Obviously, a bit of the modern era came into there. But the way they live their life, the way they 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 connect, the way they you know um, share themselves with others is is very very ancient, which is quite mind blowing. Uh, and you can feel, you know, the moment you enter there, you can feel something is completely different. You know, in you allow yourself to take off that mask and you, you, you can tell they can see through your mask, right? 
And I believe that is the important part about authenticity and being your truest self. Take off the mask because what's the point? You always, you know, I, I was always um, playing a role and it gets super, super tiring. So might as well just pull it off and, and you know, put yourself out there. So those people definitely helped me a lot. And that's why we want to give back to them. Well, you know, I got to ask you because <clears throat> I would be thinking, excuse me, if I were to go there or think about going there, getting in a boat on the Amazon River and, and going for five days and going to the not only the outback, but the way outback and, and stuff, I would be thinking, OK, there's a boat constrictor around here someplace. There's an <laughs> alligator around here someplace. There's a, 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 a spider that can eat my cat has got to be around here. And I, so I, I did, did, did any of that kind of make, make a difference for you? Or were you, because uh, it would scare the bejesus out of me, I got to tell you. Brother, I, I totally hear you, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not super, I mean, I, I live in Australia where anything can kill you, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you the honest truth. When I went to Peru, I was at the end, right? I, I, I had an attempt to suicide in 2010. This is now a few years later, a couple of years later. But I was at the end. I, was, I, I didn't know what to do anymore, right? Because I, I tried. I, I literally gave it a shot to everything. And so for me, going there was, I could not care if, if, if anything will come for me because I, did, you know, I was just a shadow. So I really was looking for something um, that could help me. I was at that point in my life. And saying that, I've been up, you know, back and forth to Peru many, many times. And you will believe it or not, I have never seen a a, a, a spider. I have never seen anything. I have seen a snake uh, one time, um, but other than that, I have never seen anything um, in the jungle, which is which is quite a, a funny funny thing because yeah, you see, often in, people ask me about that. In, in, in my mind, I would be just saying, "Oh, come on, you didn't look hard enough," because they're there. <laughs> I had a frog one time inside of, uh, my room, like, like a, my little hat. It was a little frog. I'm like, God, man, is this all there is? Like, where, where is all these animals? You know, where are you hear them? Uh, because the jungle never stops day and night. It's just constantly going on. But, but man, I have never seen anything, which is quite a, a, a funny, funny thing. Even here in Australia, I have never seen, actually, I saw a snake just in the back of, of, back of my house. Here is a big park, and they, they got a little bit of wetlands in the back of it. And I saw my first snake, I think a year ago, while on a, on a walk, which is remarkable because we used to go camping and do everything, but we haven't seen nothing but, you know, a kangaroo, a couple of birds and whatever. But yeah, I've been quite blessed about that one there. So they, they, they are keeping them away from me. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. For those of you who don't know, the nine deadliest snakes in the world are in <laughs> Australia. Yeah, um, and a spider. And yeah. freaking, you know, the, 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 what is it? The, um, the octopus, the blue ring octopus, and the, they got all sorts of stuff. There's and a jellyfish that can kill you there. And anything. And yeah. The Hirokanji up and north. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I haven't seen anything. So I know they, they are there. I know they are watching. 
but thank God they're staying, you know, in a good distance. <laughs> we need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the adventures that you had in South America and some of the things that you did and some of the things that we may have a real total misconception about here in, in the Western culture that we are here in the United States. So we're talking with Rodolfo de Angeli. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's close. Very close. Very close, my friend. Very go. Good. Go to Andolfo D Angeli.com. Find out more information about him. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a natural substance that is frowned upon in this country but is um accepted down there because they know what they're doing they know how to use it and they know how to heal with it when we come back we'll talk about that we'll be right back hey there i'm excited that you're listening right now and if you like what we're doing here you're gonna love positivetalkradio.net on positivetalkradio.net each show which is recorded live is packed with positive information with real people discussing real issues and positive solutions that can work for everyone. I hope that you'll join us on positivetalkradio.net and listen to all 340 plus shows. I think it's worth your time. But then, that's just me. That's positivetalkradio.net, your home for great progressive positive podcasts. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, my friend. I'd really like to thank you for listening to the show today. As you may know, I started Positive Talk Radio way back in 2003. We were one of the first shows on KKNW. For 11 months, I was fortunate to be part of many lives, making a positive difference with great interviews and discussions, creating new thoughts and ideas. Sadly, for financial reasons, I had to terminate the show. Well, it took 18 years, but we're back better than ever. And not only on KKNW Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but also podcasting with several inspiring channels with the same driving passion as the original. Please visit kmmedia.pro for complete information about all of these shows. In addition, if you feel called to keep positive programming on the air, you can join us by sponsoring the show and aligning yourself with our mission, which is nothing short of saving the planet and each other. Again, that's kmmedia.pro. I'll see you there. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. You're listening to KKNW, 1150 AM. We have a great guest with us today, and he's a world traveler. He started out in uh, Europe, ended up in Australia, and then he visited South America. And he is a what I would call a spiritual seeker, and he's also a coach. And he's also working with uh, quite literally thousands of people around the world to talk about better ways of living so that they can conquer fears, heal trauma, and find their bliss. And that's why we're, we spend our whole lives, it seems, looking to do that. Rodolfo, welcome back. How are we? 
Doing really well, my friend. It's it's like it feels like I feel like in a, in a nice warm cocoon, my friend. You you are absolutely amazing. It's it's great to to see um, you know everything you do, and um, wow, to be a part of that is super super humbling. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, not only that, but uh, KKNW uses StreamYard. So now we are being uh, run or showed live on their YouTube channel and their Facebook channel and Twitter and our Twitter channel, our Facebook channel and our YouTube channel. And you're going out live into the Seattle market. Uh, oh, which is God. the twelfth largest media market in the country. So don't be nervous. Everything's <laughs> pretty fun. But it's, it really is remarkable because you are helping a lot of people. And let me let me ask you this: I submit to you that you could not be doing what you're doing today had you not gone through what you went through as a kid and growing up. Uh, all the way up to and including looking at a rope in 2010, thinking to yourself, I could use that for an important reason and choosing not to do that. Um, do you find that, that all of your experiences have led up to what you're doing now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, there's no book that can teach you any of that. I call it a language. Okay, I call anxiety a language, depression a language, sexual abuse, anything else. It's a language for us to understand and once we get to the end of that book, we really get to, you know, go through the exams, the life, you know, I believe life is very, it has a humor, has a humor of ways to show us things. And when we are in the middle of it, we don't really see the humor of it. But when we are on the other side, we understand that there is a way much bigger plan. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, religion or anything like that. But to me, spirituality and religion are two different things. I believe there's a bigger plan for all of us. Some call it God, spirit, consciousness, whatever it all is. But there is something more than just ourselves. When we are anxious, when we're depressed, when we go through things, when we do not know who we are, is because we put ourselves in the middle and we believe that the universe is revolving around us. What if we just become the universe rather than make the universe revolving around us? All of a sudden, we are a part of it rather than trying to it become a part of us. It's a completely different ballgame. So the moment we, you know, put ourselves out there for who we are and the moment we can go through the lessons, right? I don't condone my mother giving me away. I do not condone sexual abuse I went through. I don't condone my first wife cheating on me after four months either. I do not condone many, many of the things. Yet they happened. I cannot change them. What I can do, though, is I can extract the things that came from all of those to now be able to learn a language that when someone comes to me and starts speaking, I am not seeing the person. Again, remember before with the white and red flower, I can now see the essence and I can hear. I'm not, I'm not listening. I now hear. And I'm not looking, I now see. And that's the only way I can do that is by life giving me the lessons that he believes are for me to now carry on, right? So I don't believe, you know, you, 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 there's no other ways but life teaching us the lessons we need to learn in our, in our journey on this planet. 
I, I honestly believe now I've been around a little while now, and I honestly believe that if you look at all the experiences that you're getting, even the experiences that you're happening today, if you're looking at them like, what am I, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this? Why is this there to help me? What is, what is going on? And rather than saying, Oh, woe is me. I hate life and I hate them. And if you treat it like this is what's, happening and it's going to continue to happen or not i can make a change yeah i usually ask the question why is this perfect for me now why is this perfect perfect for me now that's a perfect question to ask right why is this perfect for me now i remember when grace was diagnosed with cancer and you know life was going really really well and all of a sudden we entered this law case and we lost our business two days before and everything was gone. We had to call everybody. Don't come to work. We are done. And then two days later, we go to a routine check and the lady, you know, the doctor, Sister Grace, hey, your results came back. You have breast cancer. And we are walking out of there. And I remember it was a Thursday night, 630 in the afternoon. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what's happening right now. And I know Grace is, is scared and I know I'm scared, too. But I remember saying to her, you know what, Grace, I don't know why all of this is happening, but I know we will get through it. So you just better hold on because it's going to get rocky and shaky, but we will get to the other side. And then I asked that question, why is this perfect for me right now? Why is this perfect? And I remember, Grace, a couple of days later, we were sitting, you know, we were were stunned, right? Our our life completely radically changed. And Grace said, um, I remember Grace saying, why is this happening to me? And then I remember replying, Grace, who would you want to give this to? Right? Who do you want to give this to? Because you know how painful it is and how crazy it is right now. Who would you want to give this to? This has been given to you and it's your to to make the most out of it. Right? It's that moment where we embrace, like you said before, the moment we embrace rather than repel. Right. It's like I am anxious. I don't want to be anxious. I am. I went through trauma or I'm going through trauma. Let me push everything away. Right. Let me go to a uh, meditation session. Let me go to do a, a, a whatever session to get this off of me. Listen, the moment we push something away, we create an energetic void. It's just as simple as that. And with that void, there is a part of you missing. Rather than pushing away, you got to embrace it because that's you. You know, in this pseudo-spiritual world, people talk about light all the time. I'm light. I want to be light. I'm light. I'm light. I'm light. And the darkness that is around me, it's not mine. It's my ancestors, my parents, my upbringing, whatever, right? It's the moment we, di- we are dissociating with a part of ourselves That ain't going to help you heal. Instead, if you embrace that and you understand that there's shadows and light within anything. Matter of fact, people travel across the globe to go and watch a painting of an artist. The reason why is because that artist had a mastery over shadows and lights. That's why people travel to go and see them. Our life, and that's why my program and anything I do is called Life Artist Mastery because we are the masters of our life. We are the creators of the masterpiece that is our life. And that can only happen if we connect, if we embrace, if we, if we balance the shadows 
and the lights that are within every single one of us, okay? Rather than pushing, we embrace and we understand what is this teaching me, right? Anxiety is, 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 is ramping in the world right now. Anxiety, depression is ramping in the world. That is a red light in the dashboard of your car, literally is. And it tells you, hey, uh, your petrol is coming low. The next station, you might want to stop and put in petrol. The car ain't telling you I'm, I'm broken, I am finished, and just pull over and walk the rest. It just telling you, hey, your fuel is getting low. Just stop and just refuel. Re anxieties, depression, all of that pain that we feel within us is that red light telling us, hey, listen, there is some unbalance within your life. You might be doing something that is not your thing, or you might be holding on to something a little bit too much because you might make yourself responsible or you feel guilty or whatever it is. Instead, just look at for what it is. Don't make it bigger than it is. Okay. I am just here to tell you that I care about you. And I know this sounds crazy right now. But all of those emotions and feelings are only there to tell us, listen, there is some imbalance. You got to make that decision. You have, to, you have to decide about something. You have to pull back. You have to maybe, you know, um, get rid of some of the people that perhaps are not serving you. Maybe the job you're doing, whatever it is, the story you're telling yourself, right? The moment we do that, everything starts to become balanced because now it's not that we're going to push it away, but now we understand, oh, this is me. Yeah, I went through that trauma. But that trauma to me happened from six months old to 11, as in foster care. 11 years old, I was sexually abused. At 22, my, I found my wife with someone else after four months. Eventually, I landed in prison and so on and so forth, depression and anxiety and whatever. But when I was a 41 and I asked myself, hang on, I did go through all of those things. That's a fact. I can't take that away. But the question is, why am I still paying for them 40 years later, 30 years later, 20 years later? And so, you know, speaking to you listening here, right, I want to ask that if if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a, a, a period in a time where it's not what you really would like to be, or perhaps you, you, you're struggling in trauma and whatever, ask yourself, why would you still have to pay today for something that happened yesterday, right? So I believe that is the, 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 the big shift that for, for me and what I, what I bring through, what I try to share with the people I'm called to serve, that's that little shift that, it's that aha moment, right? It's that, oh wow, yeah. Why am I still why am I still carrying all of that? You know, I can't get rid of it, but why am I carrying it still? Right? And exactly. I see I use humor a lot uh to mm. to and for me, humor makes a great deal of, deal of difference. Now, when in 2003 and 2004, when I had to terminate Positive Talk Radio the first time. Um, I went through what I call now my bad country music song period. Mm. And, you know, my dad died, my dog died, my wife left, I lost my house, I got sued, you know, and all, all of this stuff. But I use that now as a form of humor because all of those things needed to happen. Mm. 
I had no that they were all things that now today benefit me in going forward to lead the rest of my life in a real positive way. Mm -hmm. And so if I had taken the other course and then said, woe is me and I hate that person and I hate this person and that is just terrible, then then it never would have left my psyche. It never would have left my consciousness. It would still be there and I would still be where I choose not to be. I choose to be who I am today. And yeah. and you're right, people left. I had, oh, did we, did I have people leave? I had tons of people leave. No, and that's, it, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Listen, we had 50, 60 people parties in this house. When 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 we went through the hard times, there was nobody. <laughs> uh, everybody wants to come in the in the in the, in the limousine with you. Nobody wants to catch a bus. Right? <laughs> nobody wants to catch a bus. But, but that's okay. You know what happened is it 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 exposes but you know Kevin I got to I got to I got to say this too. Many of the times that I did what I did in the past, they were about me. They were not about the people. They were about me because I, I needed to be seen. I was so internally lost that for me, the only way to be seen is make noise, right? Or, you know, eventually my anxiety and depression became a way for me to be seen because every time I mentioned that, everybody will gather around, everybody in the sense of my wife, people close to me. Right. So what did I do then? I would use that as someone else would use alcohol, drugs, porn, this, that, the other, become just an addiction. I'm now someone I, I know that you're listening and you might say, what? The anxiety? I'm not addicted to anxiety, depression. Hang on. There's a question I also ask all the time. What is it giving you? If you can't let it go, what is it giving you? What are you getting out of it? Exactly. And, 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 and if you're honest, you will see that you're getting something out of it. And you might say, yeah, but this is crazy. Well, I know because I done it. I was a pro and I did that for 30 years of my life, right? I played a way for no. I knew that if I played this card, this is what I will get back. And what I needed back was exactly the attention or the care or whatever else that was replenishing that void within myself, okay? South America created, made that void so big that the only way for me to come back was to fill it, to fill it, right? Refill it with my stuff, with myself, with my story, with all of the past and pull back all the things that I tried to pull push away and, 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 and eliminate in my life. I had to bring it all back. Matter of fact, 2015, I called my mother after years and years and years. I needed to reconnect with her because I realized that for me to be the husband my wife, Grace, now needed was for me to reconnect with my mother because otherwise I will never be that husband. I needed to heal my relationship with my mother to become the husband my wife deserved. Very and so, smart. Very smart you know, of you. Yeah. So, you know, I called my ex-wife, no, no story, 25 years later because I knew, <laughs> yes, she did what she did. Okay, she did what she did. It wasn't right. Yet I know what she, why she did it later. I wasn't husband material. I was insecure. I was possessive. I was jealous. I was controlling. I was fearful. I was scared of everything. I was scared of losing her. So I was holding her so tight. And then 
there came someone along that made her feel like a woman that told her what she really needed to hear rather than being always, you know, talked upon, down upon, you know, moment of weakness. Do I condone it? No. But do I understand it? Yes. And so 25 later, two years later, I call her up and say, hey, um, remember me. I just wanted to say sorry. I just called you to say sorry. That must have right. made her drop the phone on the floor. <clears throat> it's, and, you know, she said the same thing. First of all, she said, you know, it is what it is, and I'm really sorry that I did that to you. But you know what happened in that moment, Kevin? Both of our weights, because we were carrying it. I was carrying mine. She was carrying her for 25 years. At that moment, that word sorry meant from the heart, not from our head and not to be seen as something. It was no invisible transaction. It was just truth. Eliminated that energy for both of us. And I know when we talk about energy, it sounds a little bit crazy. But I want you to understand that the moment we come clean, the moment we just let go of things that we can't carry, that we can't change, everything just goes. It'll just, and all that remains is the lesson that you then will recognize within someone else that will just come across. How many times have you come, you know, walked across someone and you just looked at these people's eyes and you realize where they are? Because we were there too, right? Mm -hmm. and so I believe life is, is, is a blessing for many, many ways. And yes, sometimes it's hard. Trust me, I know. Yet, I, if I had the parents I wanted, I would not be the man I am. That is so true. That is so true. By the way, I want to make sure we get this out. Go to Adolfo's website. If somebody wants to work with you, how do they do that? Um, RodolfoDeAngeli.com. Um, just reach out to me. Send me an email. Uh, we only do, you know, we only work with 15 people per year. So very, very, very small group. The person has me for one year on their side every day. So it's not like, okay, we're going to get together and then once a week or once a month, we're going to talk. No, when you need me, I am right there. So it's a mentorship, very close, very intimate, where, where we're going to go on. So RodolfoDeAngeli.com or on Instagram, send me a DM, RodolfoDeAngeli, and just mention Kevin and Positive Talk Radio, and we'll jump on a call and I share a little bit more what we do, how we do it, and um, yeah, rock and roll. Now, there is one thing that we're not going to have a lot of time to get to, and it needs to be fully explained before we talk about it a great deal. But there is a ceremony that you took part in and in, in South America that involved um, a, um, a, a cactus-like plant that is, has got hallucinogenic properties and stuff. It needs to be handled in a specific way, which is why I want to save that for the next time we talk. But if you are interested in learning a, more about that, you can go to his website and you can talk to him directly because he can give you some insight as to what that does and the healing properties around mm -hmm. it and behind it. And by the way, how is your wife feeling today? Oh, she's amazing. She's really, really good. Uh, you know, it's been a blessing. It's five years now. She's been, she's been cleared six months later. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things that we will always be grateful for. And yes, she has to monitor because obviously, um, you know, it's something that she will monitor for the rest of her life. But uh, life has been kind 
and um, and we're humbled by it. So we, 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 we don't take it for granted, that's for sure. But she's good. So now she works as well. Something that impacted her life tremendously. Now she works with women who just get diagnosed with breast cancer and get into that moment of, oh my God, is this the end for me? And so on. So she guides those women through that first phase of, of you know, the diagnosis and so on. You know, listen, life life is, is, is there for us, not to us. It happens for us, not to us. And so and what if your story, you know, that you feel right now, you know, it's, it's it, it, you know, you feel it's crushing you down or it's pulling you down or whatever. What if, what if it's actually preparing you for something much bigger than yourself? Um, you know, that, that little bit of a shift of seeing instead of I have to do something, I get to do something. That's a big change, big shift, and uh, it gets you closer to here and only be out of here. Right? Now I'm going to ask you a question that I don't know that I've ever asked anybody uh, on the radio show or podcast, uh, but I think it's appropriate for you because of who the man that you are, and that is this. In 100 years from now, when you're on your deathbed, and I mean that sincerely, 100 years from now when you're on your deathbed, how would you like to be remembered? You know, he was authentic. That's it. That, he didn't that's... try. He just, he just was. You know, he was authentic. And that I call, is, I call it the, the, the uh, you know, the funeral test. How many people will come to your funeral for who you were? Not because they have to come to, not because they want to show up so that someone else sees them, that they are there. But who will come to your funeral that will come because of you, of whatever that is? And what if that person six months, six years, 20 years later, one day you just pop back into their mind and they say, you know, what? oh, yeah, I remember that guy. How many people will do, will do that, will come to your funeral? And so who do you need to become to have those people gathering. For me, today, it's about authenticity because I was fake for 41 years of my life, maybe a little bit more. And so, yeah, this is me. <laughs> and, and, and a great man you are too. It's, you know, it's, it's great to meet you. I'm, I'm glad we did. I'm not even sure how we got together, but it uh, doesn't matter because <laughs> uh, you, you are a, a dynamic spiritual man and you are able to help people i love the fact that you work with a, a person for an entire year yeah. uh, i've never heard of that before and mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes that long to make the changes necessary to, to get them to stick and to get through all of the things that people hide from each other and to bring those to the surface and get rid of them and uh-huh. you're right we talk a lot about energy on the show and energy is a very important piece of it. And you are vibrating at a high level. And that means that you've got lots to offer, lots to give. And I implore people to go to your website, which is Rodolfo And uh, I, I probably screwed that up again. Say, say it again for me. It's RodolfoDeAngeli.com or Instagram, RodolfoDeAngeli.com, any platforms, Twitter, a- a- anywhere, but Instagram, you can reach out to me there. It's it's straight out and easy. So I, I, I love to I love to uh, to speak to anyone really about what I do. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take care of you very well. I just mentioned that you hear heard me on Kevin. I'll take very good care of you for sure. 
And thank you so much for being here. Will you come back? Can we talk again? Oh, man, absolutely. Let's talk about, yeah, the, the Wachuma, which is the, the medicine that I serve and so on. There's so much more to share, obviously. This was absolutely amazing. And I, it will be an absolute honor, Kevin. Whenever you need me, whatever day, whatever time, I'll be right here. And I thank you so much for that. By the way, everybody, we got to go, but take care of each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time. I'm positive.